Uh, well, good morning, and let me add my welcome to that of John's. Welcome to those in the room, those on Zoom, and those in the future who will uh, be watching or, or listening maybe a little bit later on. Uh, as John has said, my name's Tim, and I'm one of the members here at Crescent Church, and it's my privilege to continue on in this little series of short, short biblical expositions that we've been doing on the theme of the heart of Christ. Uh, the majority of the time here, we, we sort of work uh, through books, but sometimes it's helpful to pick different passages from different parts of the Bible on a particular topic, and especially one as rich as this, the heart of Christ. When the Bible speaks about the heart, it's not talking about a part of us or an organ, it's talking about the core of who we are. And so the big idea of the theme of this series is, do we know the Lord's heart for us? What flows out of him most freely? What most instinctively comes from his core? What motivates him? Who is he? And two weeks ago, David kicked us off in Matthew chapter 8 as we thought about uh, Christ's heart in action. And we saw um, that in Matthew chapter 8. And last week, we looked at Isaiah chapter 42 and considered how Christ deals gently with those who feel. Now, this morning, we're going to look at John chapter 6. So if you have a Bible, please turn to John chapter 6. And we're going to read just three verses, starting at verse 35 for context. John chapter 6 and verse 35. This is what the Word of God says. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Our theme this morning, our topic this morning is those, those last five words, I will never cast out. And just very simply, I want to take three short observations from this passage and then three implications of this aspect of the heart of Christ. The context of this passage, it's the day after one of Jesus' most memorable miracles when he fed over 5,000 folk their evening dinner. And as you might expect, like every terrific dinner, the next morning after a few hours, you start to feel hungry again. And so these folk come back and pursue Jesus, perhaps looking for a spot of brunch. But the Lord challenges them in John chapter 6. He says, that meal was only physical. I fed you physical food and that had short-term effects. But chase after something more, pursue something more. That is the food from heaven, the bread of life, me. That which satisfies. And so we read in verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And so Jesus stands here in John chapter 6 and he offers this crowd complete inner satisfaction in contrast with the food that has a temporary shelf life. Jesus promises satisfaction that lasts, salvation that perseveres, something that's secure. And in his own language and in the language of our title this morning, he says, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. 
I will never drive them away. I will most certainly keep a hold of them. I will keep them in. What a promise, deep and lasting, eternal satisfaction in him. So firstly, the first of our three observations, I want us to notice the extent of this promise in this text. Who is the promise for? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? Whoever comes, he says. Whoever believes, in verse 35. Verse 37, whoever comes, three times over. Whoever, whoever, whoever. Let me ask you this morning. Do you think Jesus has favorites? Perhaps God thinks more of those who are more accomplished or those who are more gifted or those who are more extroverted, those who are more wealthy, those who have more to give? Is there a priority list in case of emergency? What's the target for fulfillment to get them through to the end? Is there a margin for error? No. Verse 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. There's no gaps in the net. Whoever and all. Obviously, for the, for the Galileans, the local Galileans standing here, this was just an amazing claim that this man, this miracle worker, would say that God has entrusted to him all those who believe. But that's exactly his claim. Any, all, all that the Father has, all that God has, all who come, all and sundry, they're given to Jesus, entrusted to him for safekeeping. And if all are given to him, then none can be lost. This is a word of good news this morning for those of us who feel weak, those of us who feel incompetent, those who feel on the outside, those of us for whom lockdown has been difficult and not done us well, Whoever you are this morning, the extent of this, the heart of Christ is for the whoever and all will be kept in. The second thing I just want us to notice is notice the demands of his promise. The extent of his promise and the demands of his promise. What demands is he putting on us here? Well, quite simply, the demand is whoever comes. Whoever comes, I don't have to feel a certain way. I don't have to be especially resolved. I don't have to be in a good place. We simply come to him, the person, Jesus Christ, stands and invites us to come. He has done the work. He has made the move. So we come as we are. We see it illustrated so practically each Sunday morning, don't we, when we come to the Lord's Supper? And obviously, due to COVID, we're limited in how we can do the symbols, and that's okay. But one of the most striking things I guess I miss is putting out my hand every Sunday morning and being handed the bread, being handed the cup. And I'm reminded of the words of Christ, this is my body, which is for you. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Tell me, what did you bring to the table this morning? What was demanded of you? What did you have to give in exchange? Did you earn it this week? No. We simply come. 
Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace. Vile I to the fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. Nothing in our hands we bring. The demand is simply to come as we are. And if you're here this morning or if you're tuning in and you wouldn't yet call yourself a Christian, I hope you realize this morning that it, once you realize you need the Savior, there is no further conditions. Once you know you're sick, he stands, the great doctor, to receive. The demands he puts on us is simply to come. He longs for us. He's done it all, whoever we are, whatever we've done, to come and find rest and lasting satisfaction in him. Thirdly, the third of our observations, and most importantly, note the security of his promise. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. We know instinctively from our own experience, don't we, that there's a, there's a sort of a limit to pretty much every human friend or, or relationship. We can offend, we can hurt, we can betray. The walls go up, the body language changes, the tone stiffens, and we're out. And maybe we wonder, is it even possible that I don't make those mistakes with Christ? How can he still make me? How many mistakes, how many disappointments can I produce? When is enough enough? When are we put out? And in the little book uh, that Dane Ortland has written that's inspired this series, he, he wisely points out that even when we run out of tangible reasons to be cast out, such as specific sins or failures, we tend to retain this sort of vague sense that given enough time, Jesus will finally perhaps grow tired of us and hold us at arm's length. Well, it's precisely that fear that Jesus forcefully combats in this promise. Literally, he says, I will most certainly never, ever cast out. And we see it in this passage. All who come in faith are given to Jesus. The Father has entrusted every believer to his keeping. And Jesus is committed, obsessed even, consumed with obedience to his Father. In the next few verses, in verse 39, he says, This is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me. He has made it a point of his obedience to declare us eternally secure. His very being, from his very core, comes this promise. And in fact, if he were to lose one, it would be disobedience to his Father. He would no longer be God, and that is impossible. Our position is eternally secured by the fact that God the Son, Jesus Christ, cannot fail to obey his Father. And he has taken us upon himself, and he will never, ever cast us out. It's so easy to say, isn't it? Once saved, always saved. Good and correct theology, doctrine. But how do you think Jesus feels about you this morning? What is his heart towards you? Do you worry that there may be some part of regret or fear that you're not one of the favorites? Well, it's not a chance. Whoever comes, doubts, sins, wavering in faith, coldness of hearts, struggles of pressure, hear him say, 
I know, I understand, I am gentle and lowly of heart. I can help carry the burden. I have paid the price. We cannot present a reason for Christ to finally close us off. No such reason exists. Hear it again, the heart of Christ. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. So three observations. The extent, the demands, and the security of the promise of his heart to us this morning. He cannot bear to part with any one of his own, even when we most deserve it. Finally, let, let's reflect on three aspects or three brief implications on this great truth. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Firstly, we're free from guilt to serve. I wonder if for many of us, this vague sense of distance from Christ or, or, or annoying sense of unworthiness and guilt for specific secret sins or, or, or this vague sense of distance can lead to a spiritual ineffectiveness, a lack of honesty, a, a certain lack of spiritual ambition. We, 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 we gently just fall back and settle for what seems less difficult, more attainable, comfort, ease, sport. The devil is a liar and he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And whether it is the guilt of a particular failure or the vague sense that we've become wearisome to Christ or that he has favorites and we're not one of them, the enemy will use whatever he can get his hands on to, to kill and to, to steal and to, to destroy. And so this aspect of the heart of Christ fights back. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out the deep-seated, settled conviction that the, the heart of Christ is one of love towards you, that whatever in your far or recent past there may be, he will never let you go. Listen to the heart of Christ. Resist the plucking grasp of the evil one. You are secure, you are free. It's God's delight for all to come and to be given to the Son. And into their very deepest being we are brought and he will never let us go. As the redeemed people of God, sin is an inevitable part of our story. It's necessary. But let's not make light of it and certainly let's not wallow in it or let the guilt of it that Christ has dealt with have power over us. Be strong, be rich and deep in the powerful knowledge of what Jesus is saying to us this morning, I will never cast out. So throw yourself into passionate, gracious service for the Lord. Secondly, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. It impacts Christ's work in our lives. I was thinking of an an analogy of this this week. On Wednesday, I had a friend coming over for coffee. And I don't know about you, but I have a real high-speed, highly effective clear-up method when visitors are coming over. Push as much as possible under the sofa and everything else goes into the study and close the room. Sure, the, the Duplo is mixed in with the Nerf bullets, but it's fine. And Susie comes down and protests and yearns for more. And I say, it's fine, they're only visiting. That's the best thing. They're gonna go. And then we can open the doors and the rubbish can fall out. 
But it's a very different story next June whenever Nana comes to stay. I give it approximately two days until my mother-in-law will have every hidden toy out and sorted. Uh, The Lego will be in Ziploc bags and the Duplo and the Lego will be separated. Coffee mugs that I've left in various locations will be swept up. And all my paperwork I've left on the kitchen bench will be tidied off to one side. You see, it's completely different from a visitor who's popped in for a cup of coffee and Nana when she comes to stay. And how often do we treat Jesus like a visitor who's just popped in for coffee rather than someone who's come to live with us, come to stay? He promises to never let us go. There's no reason not to open every door, to to let every aspect of our lives be open and honest before him, knowing that he has staked everything on the line for us. His heart is for you. So whether it's my use of money, my comfort, my love of praise, my temper, take it to the Lord. He already knows the skeletons in the closet, the struggles of the heart, and he longs to straighten it out, painful though the process may be. He has taken us on. He has come to stay, and he will never, ever cast you out. It affects our service. It affects Christ's work in our lives. And finally, how does it shape our love for one another? How does this aspect of the heart of Christ impact us as a church? Well, as some of you may know, uh, in the big global and national level, there's been a few noteworthy cases of shamed leaders and high-profile hypocrisy in the Christian church this year. And There is much to learn from how hypocrisy, hypocrisy survives among us in the church. And surely in our own lives, in our own church family, each of us, we're aware that we often try hard to cover over the imperfections beneath a facade. And we don't heed the biblical call to confess, to walk in the light, to prayerfully support one another. And as I've considered these verses and considered this aspect of the heart of Christ, I've been, construct, I've been struck that the only way that, that we're ever going to strip off our pious masks and remove hypocrisy with each other is when we become convinced of this aspect of the heart of Christ and we hear him say, I will never cast out. Hypocrisy can't survive the piercing honesty of the heart of Christ. And any bad habits or toxic relationships that are fueled by isolation and temptation in the dark. God has so designed the Christian church that they may be a team sport, that we may be supported one another, supports for one another. And we'll only be honest, we'll only be a support, we'll only be a prayerful help when we become convinced of this aspect of the heart of Christ that he will never cast us out. I think particularly of men. We're, we're pretty poor at honesty and friendships. Ego, reputations, they become sacred. But genuine, significant friendships that imitate this love, the heart of Christ, and that push each other in grace in the direction of Christ-likeness are vital. And so as we consider this this morning, we need each other to reflect back 
the heart of Christ that we have received as we support and care for one another and pray for one another. So as we close, we consider this another aspect of the heart of Christ. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Before the face of a holy God, we have no pretense, no illusions of our own self-righteousness, but praise God, we have a Savior whose heart says to us this morning, I will never, no never, cast out.